When our best fur friends leave our world, many of us are left wanting one last scritch, one last hug, one last walk together. One Last Network is a space for pet guardians to honor their pets in their senior years and to cope with the days leading up to and after their passing. Here's your host, Angela Schneider, founder of One Last Network and Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington. Welcome to One Last Network and the Art of Shuffling the Deck. Erica Messer encountered tragedy in 2020. Just months after finding her soul cat, Wolfgang, he had an accident and left her physical world. Her grief was overwhelming, especially since it was complicated with mental health issues. Wolfgang's death broke her in many ways. But like Kintsugi, the Japanese art of repairing ceramics with gold, she put herself back together and found her way down a new path, helping others see light through the darkness of their grief. In her own grief, she went searching for something simple that would help her focus on her healing. She found nothing suitable. In consultation with her mom, Bonnie, Erica put her whole heart into developing Wolfie's Wish, her own simple product, a deck of pet loss grieving cards. Each card carries a message an instruction and affirmation for dealing specifically with pet loss and the grief that accompanies it. The cards were first runner-up in the Accessories and Gifts category for the Best New Product Awards at SuperZoo, a large pet industry trade show in 2022. The cards are just the beginning of the empire Erica wants to build as she steps forward into this new life of pet loss grief and being of service to pet guardians around the world. Have a listen. Hello, Erica Messer. Is it morning or evening in your world? It is afternoon. It is tea time. So I am. Cheers to you. <laughs> cheers. I just finished my morning coffee. You are in <laughs> Munich, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. You're an expat American living in Munich, Germany. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I've been a musician since as long as I could remember, I started getting paid for it in college. And um, that is my love. I am a harpist, a classically trained harpist, but I do mostly pop and rock covers now. I also sing and DJ. So weddings and corporate entertainment are my jam. Um, and then a couple years ago, yeah, I can say that now, a couple years ago, almost to the day. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, you know, I had a an accident with my cat who died suddenly and tragically, and that really just changed my entire life. Um, and I created Wolfie's Wish with my mom as a result. What is Wolfie's Wish? Wolfie's Wish is a pet loss support company. So we started with products um, called Grieving Cards, where you read one card a day, it's an affirmation card. And then we've just built it out from there and have um, pet portraiture, um, online memorial services, and soon to be um, grief support, uh, counseling. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of us get into the pet loss grief business because we've experienced a loss. Yeah. What's your loss? 
Yeah, I think just losing Wolfgang suddenly. So he was my cat. He was my COVID companion. We adopted him um, in May of 2020. And so he was really special to me. I think I think because of the constraints of the pandemic, you know, here's some some being I could talk to. <laughs> and I did. I'm not embarrassed to say that. Um, you know, he didn't talk back, so that's a good thing. But um, you know, he I didn't even get to say goodbye, right? So it really floored me. And and the long story short is that I sought out professional help because I thought I had just lost my mind. And um you know, I have mental health issues. I have addiction issues for in the past. And so I'm really careful about my emotional states. I really don't, I can't afford to be too high or too low. Um, and so I, I was checking with a professional and when she said that what I was experiencing was normal, even for me, that most people feel like they've just lost it when they lose their soul animal or a very it doesn't have to be their sole animal when they lose a pet. Um, that's when I called my mom and said, hey, I think you were right. I think we really should do something um, because I had been sharing with her daily practices that were working for me. I called her every day. And I had looked on Amazon and the internet for a grief card deck and I couldn't find any. So I called her and I said, mom, I don't really know how to do this. I am a musician. How do you launch a product and start a business? And she's like, I don't know either, but let's just do it. And I went, oh my God, this is either going to be great or this is going to be the, the worst story of my life, right? About, I just <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. So we just went in it with, with basically like blind faith. And, you know, my mom is amazing. And she kept saying, you know, Wolfgang is guiding you and, you know, all the angels have your back. I mean, she just, she is like an angel or fairy godmother in real life. Like that's how she is with everyone. So she's a great person to have for support. Anyway, um, so here we are. Here we are. Tw it's 20 months later and we've won a Best New Product Award and our cards are translated into five languages. What? Yes. It's just getting better. It just keeps getting better. And it's amazing. It's very fulfilling too. Since you've entered the pet loss grief industry, for lack of a better word, because that sounds so cold. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's awkward. It just is. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Have you seen developments where there's more normalization around pet loss grief because we've discussed at length on this podcast about how pet loss grief is so disenfranchised. I think that it is still taboo. I still think there's a lot of judgment around it, but when I find people and I tell them what I do, they're like, Oh my God, thank God. It's so great to talk to somebody who understands. Mm. And that, tells me just keep going, you know. Um, I think just now in Germany, one of the subscription pet food companies, a very big one, they're called Fressnopf. They just partnered with a crematorium to acknowledge the fact that when their customers stop subscriptions due to pet loss, they need to step up and show that they care. And this is revolutionary. Um, this is already happening in America, but it's just showing bit by bit 
that there are changes. And, you know, I also work with crematoriums. I also work with veterinary practices, with subscription companies. Um, and so I think it's kind of the, we're cresting, we're like building up the wave. And then I think there will be a, a moment where anyone can say, I'm mourning the loss of my pet. And even if the other person doesn't know what that's like, they won't say something dumb, like it was just a pet. You know, I think there will be more support in the workplaces in the next five years. Um, and that it won't be anything to be embarrassed or, or ashamed about, or feel like, because uh, I felt that way. I thought, why am I so, why am I so upset? Why, why do I feel so bad? Why have, I couldn't understand it myself and I had no idea that other people felt as acutely as I did clueless because we don't talk about it. So how am I supposed to know? So I think that, I think that there's a change happening. Yeah. I think it'll take about 10 years for it to really be commonplace. Um, mm -hmm. and people get pet bereavement leave from work. Um, but that's not that long. I'm yeah. willing to stay out and wait for that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. So tell us exactly what your cards are and what your goals were in creating them. Oh, yeah. So the cards are simple daily tools. And um, you read, it's a deck of 30, and you read one a day, and it's instructions or insights or tips, tools, practices. You know, I... I always say like one that comes to mind is a little unconventional and it is it's to draw your pet and the reverse side says, you know, no one's going to judge you. You don't have to show this to anybody, but what would happen if you took this, you know, artistic expression uh, from your heart? What would that look like if you were to sketch or paint or color Um or even print out a photograph and color it in and then hang it. You know, it's it's really a lot of ways to just honor your relationship with your animal that passed um, and really focusing on gratitude to change the change the way that we view pet loss and it becomes internalized as a a beautiful way to have a relationship. And I say that, yeah, have a relationship with a being that's no longer here. And so I can talk about Wolfgang today in a way that I feel like I'm honoring him and I feel like he's a part of my heart. Um, you know, I can play, and this is going to sound weird, but I mean, I have nothing to lose. I don't care if people judge me. I think the people that, that get it will get it. That I can play an imaginary game that Wolfgang is with me anywhere, anytime, any day. A grocery store, massage parlor, you know, um, getting my nails done, traveling, and the just and checkout line um, at the bank, you know, and it's, it's always makes me smile. And this was something, this is one of the practices that's on the cards and it's one of my favorites um, because whenever I feel that absence or that ache or always oh, not here, well, me privately, I can pretend that he is. And that's really comforting. So those are just a couple of um, examples of what the cards are, but um you know, and it's really impossible to write a one size fits all deck. Okay. Mm. But it, it's hard. And so I tell people, you know, if it doesn't resonate with you, shuffle it, can maybe come back to it next time. 
or use these cards as a springboard for your for your healing journey. You know, maybe you'll realize you want to have um, uh, join our Facebook support group and have community where you can interact with people, or you want to follow me on Instagram where I post um, ways that I still use the cards or um, other coping techniques. So, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a pet grief counselor. I'm just a person who went through a terrible tragedy and then decided to share what worked for me. And um, some people might need one-on-one counseling. And I've got a resources page full of counselors um, and services. So that's, that's another important thing is to build out resources so people can find the help that they need, that they want. And then without searching the internet and going, oh, I don't know, what is this? Do I read this book? Do I not read this book? So that's that's pretty much my life's mission now is to help other people grieve in a healthy way. I didn't see that coming. Didn't ask for it. No. Really didn't want it. I even said like, okay, universe, you know, can I just have my cat back? Like, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> There's a whole, you know, and bargaining is part of, grief it is mm-hmm. and yep. um and i went through that and ultimately you know i had to say okay this is i gotta accept you know this is what it is and i can either fight it and suffer or i can just jump in and go and so i just i'm the type of person to just jump in and go same did the inspiration for each card come to you organically or did you do a little research around what pet loss grievers need as a community? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, when when I talked to my mom, she said, okay, write down all the things that you've been doing. So writing a love letter to Wolfgang, um, drawing him, walking in nature. Um, a lot of it was organic and it's nothing new. Um and I also have a, a background, you know, I've been in a recovery program for a long time. So there's a lot of self-help things built into my life now. And gratitude is one of those. So it really was just distilling what applied to pet loss, right? Just from life experience. So then when I brought, I actually flew home to my mom because I really needed to have like Thanksgiving in October and just like do some family stuff. Um, and I showed them to her and I said, okay, mom, you know, I want you to write some of these. And she said, no, 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 this is all you. And I said, mom, I can't do this myself. And she read them. Um, I think we had about 40 and we whittled it down to 30. Um, I don't recall, you know, looking up or really copying anybody else. I really wanted it to be authentic. And, you know, now people are using chat GPT and making the same thing. They're copying me. And that's, that's fine. I think people need as many tools as they can. But, you know, I, I like to, I feel satisfied in knowing that, you know, the product that I made is what I used and I can vouch for it and explain it. <laughs> um, and so, no, it does, it really wasn't based on anything else. And, um, I think there's a lot of great resources and tools out there that do go more in depth than than what I made. But I made something that was um, like an intro, like a very gentle entry point into how do I handle my emotions? Yeah, you you had the uh, you had the deck reviewed by some 
experts in the pet loss grief world. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, when I put this, I literally wrote them out by hand first and mom and I doodled on them. <laughs> like, we just need something tangible to show like our family. And then when we digit when I digitized them, I sent the file to people that I knew and trusted that are in the pet industry. So I've known a dog trainer and walker in San Francisco for like 20 years. Um, I sent them to pet loss counselors, the one that I used, and I found out, I found some others. I went to online grief groups on Facebook and I said, Hey, does anyone want to review these things? Cause I might be crazy. Um, and I, the feedback I got was really great. In fact, I was a little worried when nobody made any comments other than there's this one card that there are no mistakes in the universe. And I've had two people tell me actually there are, and it, you know, down to DNA and we got like into science and everything. And I said, I know, I know, but I'm choosing in my experience to believe that everything happens for a reason, because the alternative is for me to be a cynical victim the rest of my life. And that's why I'm putting this card in here. And that's the one card I think is that is controversial. But um, no, we had we had people review them and endorse them. And then uh, mom and I took them to Super Zoo two months. It kind of happened last minute. Two months after we got the cards, I heard about the, you know this big trade show in America. And I looked it up and there was like one booth left in the, in the new exhibitor area. And I said, okay, mom, do you want to go to Las Vegas? I hate Las Vegas, but this is important. Do you want to go? She's like, she's like, yeah, let's go to the desert. Oh my God. That's not the town for me. Anyway. Um, so we went there and they had a new product category and we were like, well, let's get some real feedback. You know, let's, let's put, let's put our balls out there and see what happens. And we won, oh man, I'm going to cry again. Um, a best new product award. Uh, and I got under my booth that day and like, just cried. It was just so oh. validating. Um, and I won first runner up and I said, and my mom's okay. So my mom and stepmom were there and they were so bummed. And I said, no, you guys, this is absolutely perfect because that means I still will work hard because I want it. I want it to be great. If I had won first place, I probably would have just gone home and folded like and just waited for people to find them and not done anything so um i think it was a really great experience it gave me just enough confidence to say okay what's the next thing to do what's the next thing to do and um so yeah it's great i've got a, an amazing mentor now in the grief industry um who really wants to see me succeed and and everyone knows that i don't have an mba from you know a prestigious school but I've got YouTube and I'm smart. <laughs> I've got determination and I'm on a mission. And when you have those things, you can do anything. And it's also a very rewarding personal journey because of that, because of my background and the things I've struggled with, um, my mental health issues, my addiction issues that I've battled. This has been so rewarding to show myself that I can, I can do hard things. I can do new things. Um, so it's twofold, you know, I'm helping myself. There's a lot invested, but I'm also helping others. And I feel no, this, I can't believe I was, I'm saying this. I feel extremely lucky and grateful for that opportunity. And yeah, it happened out of something 
that I wouldn't wish on anyone, but that's life. That's I have for a decade or more been saying that I am who I am because Shep showed me the way. And he's been gone since 2014. He still continues to show me the way. So everything we do brings us to where we are today, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And what song came into your life for a reason and left it quickly for a reason? Can I swear at him? (laughs) Absolutely. We are a judgment-free swear. Okay. <laughs> that is, I, when, it, when I, when I hear that and when I think about it, I'm like that little fucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, get mad at, I get mad at him, but I also it's playful because he was a, like, if he, if he could be any other animal, he'd be a Tasmanian devil. Like he was into everything and it's not surprising the way he went, but um, yeah. Oh <laughs> God. Story of my life. You heard it here, folks. It was a little fucker. (laughs) And I say it with a smile. You're now studying bereavement counseling. Yeah, well, I and I want to qualify that that there's um I gotta look up the the course title that I'm taking in September. And um it's basically the same thing a funerary director would take. Okay, so to talk to people in an empathetic way, because I consider myself recovered from this traumatic experience. And, you know, I have my joy back. I laugh. I love what I do. Um, And sometimes I find it difficult a little bit to remember that vulnerable moment. And I really want to be able to speak to my audience, my customers, um, the grief support group that I'm going to be hosting in the right way. Um, so that's the course I'm taking. And then my partner Saskia is getting, she's going to be the counselor. Okay. So she's getting her certification in pet bereavement counseling. I am also going to be bringing in other counselors so that we can provide uh, support basically all over the world uh, with different time zones. So other people will be able to host from Australia, from Germany, from the UK um east coast west coast so it's this is going to be big i didn't i didn't jump into this to just go oh i'm going to make this little deck and put it on etsy and then sit around uh no i'm my personality is like balls to the wall like let's how big can this be i don't know let's find out and and in a sense that's a game for me and i get that i get that from my dad my dad's an entrepreneur so i've seen the ups and downs of it i've seen the risks and the rewards but he's um he's that's him. I am my my father's daughter. He just he's all when he's in, he's all in. Mm-hmm. You do you feel sometimes like you put the cart before the horse by Always. every day? <laughs> what made you think of that? <laughs> I'm red in the face. Oh my gosh. Um I do. And yet, you know, that's 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 also part of my personality and I'm getting to learn how to reel that in. You know, I have like nine products in the pipeline right now and I'm ready to launch them all today. And my mentor is like, honey, slow down. <laughs> that's number in business. That's not a really great plan. Like, okay, well then what do I do? She's like, you make a calendar. 
Well, I don't want to. I'm constantly fighting what I want to do and what my instincts are with what what reality is in business. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. I would rather be this way than um, kind of pushing a rock up a hill, trying to figure things out and come up with ideas and solutions. Uh, you know, I've always been creative. I'm 100% experienced in failure. So that didn't scare me. It scared me a little bit, but I went, all right, let me just let me just make it so that the stakes, if I lose, the stakes aren't too high, which means don't use all of your savings. So I still have some left. <laughs> but, you know, I funded this whole thing by myself and I still have quite a, a, a mountain to climb, but that's okay. I, I believe in it. And if I lost it all, okay. I help, I help people along the way, help myself. Um, so if anyone's listening and they, they have an idea that they want to bring to fruition, I hope that's helpful because <laughs> I think they're, you know, uh, the email, my email signature quote right now is everything you see around you was once just in someone's mind. It all came from someone's imagination. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an idea and it's burning, do it. I love that. Do it. And if you're scared, call me. And we'll play truth or dare until you do it. <laughs> you had good feedback from pet loss grief experts on your cards. What kind of feedback have you gotten from people who just use them to help heal? Yeah, I get emails um, from people that that really love them and are happy to have something. I think there's just not enough resources out there. There are books and there are counselors. In between, there's not really a lot yet. I'm getting copied every day. Um, and I'm excited about it. Honestly, I reach out to these people and I'm like, hey, we're like, we're like sisters and brothers, and they don't respond. No problem. Okay. <laughs> okay, I tried. Um so so the feedback that I got, you know, my favorite one was, okay, can I? Oh, um, at one of the trade shows, I met uh, a woman and she said, oh, my son visit. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to lose it. My son visits his cat's grave every day after school and he's 10 and he stays there for a long time. And, um, I also have a, an illustrated book. I always forget to talk about, cause it's just, it's called tales of spirit cats. And I said, here, you know, give him, take this. And I gave her a deck cause I give them away. <laughs> And um, he is actually in Kuwait and he wrote me the longest, sweetest message about how he cried reading the book. He read, he's like, I read it like three times in a row. And uh, I have that email screenshotted and saved because that just meant the world to me. Um that that it, that this that this stuff got so far and, to, and that someone so young appreciated it and um it's things like that that whenever i have doubts or i start to run out of money or i've got to find some solutions and i don't know what they are i remember i well first i call my mom and then she says okay remember all those little post-it notes i told you to write out about how things have happened and and you know let's just, let's just remember where you came from and where you're going but 
is it's inspiration from people like that that just keep me going and saying, all right, let's, let's figure out how to go over this hurdle. And um, that's really beautiful to know that it's, that I'm connecting with people in a new strange way, yeah. but we are connecting. I love that. Yeah. I've, I've always believed that I don't have to change the world, but if I can change the world for one person occasionally, then I'm doing the right thing. Does that resonate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's, that's what I remember is that, you know, my husband was, is an amazingly supportive man of just about everything I do. And, you know, I have a crazy idea just like every week. And he's like, I love that about you. We're not going to do that, but I love that about you. And when I told him about this, (laughs) when I told him about this and I said, look, we're going to, I need to use savings. Um, We did fundraise through Kickstarter and GoFundMe and that helped us get get off the ground. But I, I said, you know, I need to know that you're into this too and you support it for real. And um, I need you to support me. And, you know, he said, okay, look, the worst thing that's going to happen is we spend a lot of our money and we end up with a room full of card decks that we get to give out to people. So like, that's the worst thing that's going to happen. And I mean, what a beautiful way to put that in perspective. Cause then it made me go, oh, he's right. Okay. That's not the best thing to do with our money, but it kind of is. <laughs> It's it's one thing to find your animal soulmate and build that love, that bond, no matter how short or long a time you have with that animal. What have you learned about the human-animal connection since Wolfgang has been gone and you started this project? Yeah, I learned that it it's really applicable to every pet. It doesn't matter if you had a turtle or a frog. Um, I've interviewed uh, Doug Mater, who had a frog for 20 years and cried his heart out when when it died. Um, to horses, that we the human animal bond is a profound and very special thing. I think it's one of the most special relationships we can have on this planet. I'm not a mom, so that's probably pretty great too. Um, I'm not a mom of humans. I have three cats now um, for babies, but I I was really surprised and um, just found it so wonderful that when I called people, I knew that the trained horses or, you know, I, I know someone has a polo ranch um, and they told me, you know, how they felt about horses they've had to put down and um the group the grief support groups that I've been in and with people all over the world that are mourning birds and um and turtles you know and 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 we all have uh, a lot of kids like to have you know um guinea pigs and ferrets and it's just applicable to everything and I think that that was really surprising to me 
Um, and I continue to learn about the human animal bond. You know, there's a lot of people that have studied that really thoroughly and I, I don't pretend to have all the knowledge or answers, but I think what I love most is finding the people that do have the answers and putting them in the, in the spotlight. So I've got a YouTube channel with interviews with such people, um, and, and asking them to write blog articles and provide content for my resources page and, um, it's just always fun. I know it sounds strange to say that, but every day I get to honor Wolfgang and um, find new and, and find new ways to help other people too. No. Oh, one of my mentors in grief coaching, and I mention him frequently on this podcast, is David Kessler. Oh and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody who knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> I wish he would write back to me. Wink, wink. Oh, <laughs> I wish he would listen to our podcast. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, his work is foundational in finding meaning in our lives post-loss. Is this project part of you finding meaning in your life since Wolfgang is gone? More than anything else. I thought I loved my music career. I mean, I do, but I walk down the street and I compare them. I think I did that this morning going to the farmer's market. And I was like, man, I used to be this, I used to have this other life of just music and I was teaching and and I still teach and it's great. But this is a gift. It really is. And I can um I can I can say that I will do everything in my power to continue it and see it grow. Um because selfishly it's just so rewarding. And I think what I've learned in my recovery programs about you know being of service to others is one of the best things we can do on this planet. And so I'm able to do that in a different way. And I really, really just feel so lucky. I get overwhelmed and I get stressed, but then I'm reading um, Gabby Bernstein's book, Super Attractor. And I love all the, I love new age stuff. It either resonates or it doesn't, but I try it all. And um they talk a lot of, she talks a lot about that, of being of service. And um, she also has similar, similar sh struggles. So I relate to her a lot. I would love to meet her one day. Hey, Gabby. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do feel lucky that I was able to see this experience as an opportunity instead of a crutch to carry the rest of my life. I remember sitting down and asking myself, right? So I couldn't find the tools that I wanted. I wanted a card deck, some somebody to tell me something to do every day. When I couldn't find that, I sat in my chair. I would make tea, light a candle, do my smudging with sage and like all this woo-woo stuff I could come up with and just sat still and said, what do I do now? I want my life back. I want to be happy again. How do I find that? And anybody can do this if you if you look hard enough and you you wait long enough. Anyone can do that. I think with anything they've gone through, but you have to be willing to do the work, to be willing to acknowledge what happened and 
sit with it. Nobody wants to do that. And some people can't, you know. Grief is a, for lack of a better word, weird thing to want to learn about. Because as David says, we live in such a grief illiterate society and we don't learn these things in school or from our parents or anything like that. Um, Certainly since I started learning about it, I realized that there was a lot I didn't process about Shep in nine years. And then bang, there was a lot I didn't process about losing my dad in 96. And this was all on the heels of losing my mom in 22. And it just feels like the more we can do to push forward the idea that it's okay to grieve your losses. It's okay to cry in public. It's okay to be vulnerable. The more compassionate a society we can live in. Do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I think everyone should have a safe space that they create at home to really process feelings. Um, for me, it's it's the corner of my bedroom. You know, I've got a nice cozy chair there, and um, I think I think I'm I might always be embarrassed to cry in public a little bit. You know, I get emotional on podcast interviews, and it's like, okay, yep, it's it's allowed. This is an appropriate place, but you know, I've got to keep talking and. And it, it just like comes and I let it pass. And I, I think that that's also a really important thing that if anybody, you know, feels that I call them grief storms, they feel them coming on, just let them come. If you've been in the ocean and a big wave or swells coming, you know what to do. You go under, you know, you don't fight it. You go under and it passes. And I feel like grief, grief storms are the same. You've got to let them come no matter where you are. Go to the restroom, pull over, um, excuse yourself. But let don't fight it. Those are really important to, to, for healing. Yeah. What would you What would you do if you saw someone crying in public? Um, I think I would. And and this goes when I think anyone might be uh, needing help. Is I, I kind of assess, try to find out if they want help or not, mm-hmm. uh, first, and um. You know, it also depends on, is it just like a tear in the eye or someone fully, fully having a meltdown at Whole Foods? You know, if they're having a meltdown, yeah, I'm going to ask, how can I help you? What, what can I get you? Let's go sit over here. Um, and yeah, some people might just need to talk. I've, I've actually been, you know, in meetings and people will disclose something and get emotional and I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, let's this is a safe space. You can talk to me. You know, um, I found that people are drawn to me now to talk about their story. And, um, I get emotional in the grief groups that I am a guest in, um, right there with the people. But anyway, back to, you know, how, how people grieve and, and what happens with grief and how we process it is, is still hard. I think that's always going to be hard because especially in American or Western culture, there's a formula and the formula is, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. And then let's get to business. And when you break that formula, people don't know what to do and they're very uncomfortable. 
and they need everything to be okay again. That's not going to change for a really long time. But what we can do is give people permission to not be okay as a starting place. Uh-huh. Still get to business and do what we need to do. But I think that little recipe, I got a problem with that little recipe, you know, but it's so built into us. It's built into me. What is one last piece of advice you can leave with our listeners? Oh, well, I think that really simple thing of asking, asking oneself, what do I need to do to heal? Whatever it is, what is the solution? And that's the best place you can start with for, for going through anything is, and then waiting, waiting for an answer or a sign. Where do people find you? Well, I'm not going to give out my home address. I would, but it's a weird world out there. Um, so wolfieswish.com is a great place to start. There's a contact form on there. Um, if I could, I would give out my cell phone number, but my husband said, don't do that anymore. Um, I love, I'm very active on Instagram. I love the community there. It's wolfies underscore wish. Um, I respond to all the messages that for now, I can do that. I know there will be a point where I can. I got to get some help. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, I'll give you my email. Hello at wolfieswish.com. Drop me a line. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Erica. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have a deck of David Kessler's Healing Grief Cards. Sectioned into three phases. Understanding Grief. Your Response to Loss and healing. They hold 55 practices to find peace. Each day after I received my deck last year, I pulled a card and reflected upon the thought. I'll pull one now and share it with you. You may not be able to see it now. However, after a loss, you will rebuild yourself. You have been given the opportunity to create yourself anew. Who will you be now? Losing a loved one or pet is an indescribable pain that shatters the foundation of our existence. We do wonder who we are and what we will do as our lives have changed without this special being in our world. The process of rebuilding begins with acknowledging and accepting the grief and the pain and the emptiness. We must give ourselves permission to grieve. And then, by feeling all the feelings, we can start to reassess our priorities and redefine our sense of self the self that exists today with only the memories, the stories, and the photos of our loved one or pet. Those memories, those stories, and those photos are the gold used in Kintsugi to repair the bowl or mug. They are our gold to pull our pieces back together and start to feel whole again. Because our loved ones remain with us, in our hearts, in our stories. Next week, our professional pet photographers are coming together again to discuss how we strike a balance between celebrating the life of our animal clients at end-of-life sessions and acknowledging the pain and sadness their human guardians are feeling. That joy and pain can coexist in a single moment. Until then. I'm Angela Schneider, owner of Big White Dog Photography in Spokane, Washington, and your host at One Last Network. 
signing off to go get some Bella Snuggles. Listen to One Last Network on whichever podcast platform you prefer. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have a friend who might be interested in our content, make sure you share us with them. Thanks for listening.